1: Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In August of 1993, 18-year-old Audrey Hamilton was murdered on her way home from her late shift at a McDonald's in southeast Washington, D.C. She ventured out into the dark with only an improvised weapon and was found dead the next day behind a dilapidated building near a high school. Over three decades later, her case has gone cold and we still don't know who murdered Audrey Hamilton. I'm Nisa. Welcome to another episode of the Lost Crimes Library podcast. This is the story of the unsolved murder of Audrey Hamilton. Audrey Hamilton, who was 18 years old and from Washington, D.C., was working a late shift at McDonald's on Saturday, August 28, 1993. She was aspiring to be a model and a beautician. But she worked at McDonald's to pay the bills until she made it big. Audrey's shift was coming to an end, and it was getting late. It was close to midnight. She was really tired and so she told her friends that she worked with that she was heading home for the night. She knew that walking home in the middle of the night by herself was really dangerous. She had to walk several blocks through Congress Heights, which was considered a sketchy and dangerous neighborhood. So she carried an empty glass bottle with her for protection. All the way from the McDonald's on Martin Luther King Avenue to her home on Mississippi Avenue, which is approximately a 30-minute walk. So she had quite a distance to walk by herself in the middle of the night with only the protection of a glass bottle. Somewhere along the way, though, something happened because Audrey never made it home. The next morning on Sunday, August 29th, Audrey's body was found near Ballou High School. Audrey was found by a maintenance man, next to a concrete divider on a patch of lawn, behind a decrepit four-story brick apartment building at 6th and Savannah Streets Southeast. I did a Google Map search of the high school, as that building is still standing today, and its proximity to Mississippi Ave, the street Audrey lived on, and also the proximity to MLK Ave, which is the street the McDonald's was on. From the map, MLK Ave. turns into Savannah Street, but you'd have to go down Savannah Street to get to Mississippi Avenue, which is to the east of the area where Audrey's body was found. After authorities examined Audrey's body, it was determined that she had been raped and strangled. After finding the body, investigators spoke to witnesses, and one witness said that a man who looked to be around 5'6 and 120 pounds ran across 6th Street, put his arm around Audrey, and then walked away with her. Investigators also learned that moments after the first guy walked up to Audrey and walked away with her, there was a second man hanging around the area who seemed suspicious. And this interested police, because they believed that Audrey had been assaulted by at least two people. So, investigators were thinking that this second suspicious man may have been involved in Audrey's murder. It's not clear how investigators came to this conclusion, though. It's also not clear if the first man who approached Audrey actually knew her or did not know her. However, investigators felt it was likely that the man threatened her with force if she did not walk away with him. As police continued to investigate the case, there was a new development that was significant to the case. Two months after Audrey was murdered, there was another murder victim. Her name was Deborah McManus, she was 39 years old, and she was found on October 29, 1993, beaten and strangled to death behind Balu High School in a wooded area near a trash bin. An autopsy determined that the manner of death was homicide, and she was murdered on October 23rd, six days before she was found, and that the cause of death was asphyxia due to manual strangulation. Detectives felt that it was possible that the same person who killed Audrey also killed Deborah. They came to this conclusion based on the fact that the conditions of the bodies were similar, and some characteristics of the attacks matched. Eventually, three years had come and gone. Two Southeast Washington, D.C. women had been murdered, and there was still no movement in the cases. No suspects and no arrests, not even a person of interest. But in 1996, there was another development in Audrey's case. In the spring of 1996, two seniors from Ballou High School were murdered. 15-year-old Nikeshia Semple and 17-year-old Sharmika Lizambai were strangled. One of the girls was found partially undressed and the other was found nude. And this was very similar to how Audrey and Deborah were found three years prior. Nikeshia was found April 7th in a wooded area in the 4300 block of Livingston Road Southeast, and Sharmika was found 20 days later in a grassy area in the 100 block of Xenia Street Southwest. After these women were found, a group of FBI agents and D.C. homicide detectives spent over a year reviewing the deaths of 125 women throughout the city during the last 10 years, trying to see if there were connections and trying to figure out if those connections would lead them to a suspect. And Audrey and Deborah's cases were among the ones that were being reviewed. And although police did look at all four cases, based on the similarities in each case, they emphasized that the similarities between the two sets of cases are limited. So it's not like they are 100% confident that the same person who killed Audrey also killed Deborah and the two girls. However, they maintained that the girls killed in '96 were murdered by the same person. They believed the links between the girls and Audrey and Deborah's cases were not as solid.
0: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about juvederm lip fillers.
1: The deaths of Nikeshia and Sharmika from the spring of 1996 really impacted the community, and these murders are what focused the city's attention on the slayings of many other women before them and after them in Southeast Washington, D.C. Some residents of the Southeast Washington, D.C. neighborhoods accused police of giving these cases lower priority because the victims were poor. However, Over the years, the police department homicide squad has disputed those allegations, claiming of the 125 deaths during that time period, 37 of the cases were closed and 42 remained open, as well as 46 of the deaths were officially classified as undetermined because the medical examiner had not decided if those cases were homicides or not. By 2013, 20 years later, Audrey's case has turned cold, It became one of a thousand cold cases that still weren't solved in DC. Although the case turned cold, police believe there is someone in that neighborhood or someone who used to live in that neighborhood who has information about who killed Audrey Hamilton. And they are hoping that that person will come forward. Although Audrey's case has turned cold, there is some good news regarding Deborah's case. Almost 30 years after Deborah McManus's murder, a suspect was arrested. On August 18, 2022, police arrested 58-year-old William Ransford, a Southeast D.C. man, and he was charged with second-degree murder and although they got a suspect for Deborah's case, it's not known if this person was considered to be responsible or connected to Audrey's case or any other case from that time. As for Audrey's case, I couldn't find any updates past 2013. Unfortunately, I think her case has basically frozen. It's not cold, it's frozen. And it's frustrating because decades have come and gone and I can't help but think about what left along with those decades. is her killer still alive? are witnesses or people who may know something about her case still out there? can they still remember that night? are memories fading? i really hope not. i hope that someone will still come forward, despite how long it's been. something i keep thinking about with this case is that empty glass bottle that audrey carried with her as a weapon. I'm really curious to know if police ever found that empty glass bottle near her body or at least along the path that she walked towards home. I have so many questions about that bottle. Did she get a chance to use it? Did she break it and use it as a weapon against her killer? And if so, was there blood ever found on it? Because if there was blood found on her makeshift weapon, that blood could potentially be the killer's blood, and it could have been taken in as evidence and then tested. Or maybe she never got to use her weapon. Maybe Audrey was startled and she never saw it coming. (sighs) Guys, it's important, especially with how much time has passed, that we try our best to keep Audrey's story alive. She could easily be forgotten like so many others, and that just can't happen she deserves justice. Anyone with information about Audrey's murder is asked to contact police at the new tip line at 888-919-2776 or you can email at unsolved.murder at dc.gov. They are offering up to $25,000 in a reward. All calls will be confidential and you will not be required to give your name. Well, that was a short case, but it's all I've got for you today. Let me know your thoughts about this case. Do you think, based on the information we have, that Audrey's case could be connected to Deborah McManus's case or the two teenage girls that were found in 1996? And do you think Washington, D.C. has or had a serial killer working in that area? Do you find any similarities or connections to other cases you know about from Southeast DC? I'd love to hear your thoughts, so please leave a comment down below. If you enjoyed today's video, please leave a like. Also consider subscribing. I post new episodes every Wednesday. I also occasionally post Patreon-exclusive teasers. If you don't know already, I've started a Patreon, and it's perfect for anyone who wants bonus content from me, who wants ad-free content, and wants to join a patron-only community where we talk about all things true crime. I'll leave a link in the description to my Patreon page if you guys want to support. As always, I appreciate everyone's support. Hitting the like button, hitting subscribe, leaving a comment, just engaging with this channel is always really, really appreciated. Also, please share this episode. It really helps bring new people to my channel and it also helps spread awareness about these cases that are often forgotten. I'll see you in the next episode.